Welcome to the Relationship for Win One podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Kevin. And we've been married for 25 amazing years. Well, they haven't all been amazing, to be honest, babe. That's true. And we have four awesome kids. We do. And we love them so much. And babe, I love you. And we're just trying to share some things that we've learned about life. Uh, We're not experts by any stretch of the imagination. We're not counselors. We're not professionals. But we have lived life a little bit. And we hope to share some things with you that are beneficial. So thanks for listening. Today, we're going to talk about how to have difficult conversations and what to do and what not to do. Yeah. Take it from us. We've had a lot of difficult conversations (laughs) and we've done a lot of the what not to do. And we were learning and have learned a few of the like what to do. And I probably am the the master of what not to do. So we'll (laughs) Well, I think we both have been there. And I mean, communication is probably the most important thing you can learn in your marriage, I think, or any relationship. And we've failed miserably at communication. But the one thing is we keep trying and trying and trying. Yeah, to your point about communication, this could be wrong. I mean, I've never served in the military. And anyone that's listening has served in the military. We love you. We're grateful for your service. Um, truthfully. Um, but I think that one of the first commands that is given out in a wartime situation is to knock out communication. So if we can take out communication, then it's mass chaos. Right. Right. And I don't care if you want to talk about communication in your relationship, but communication at work, communication with clients, communication with your kids, communication with God, like wherever mm-hmm. you just knock that out and it is, it's chaos. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think, oh, communication, that has to be an argument. Well, no, it doesn't have to be an argument, but we all obviously need to have discussions with our spouse, especially when there's difficult things that are going on and that happens. Or things that maybe we've just buried deep down and like, man, I got to get this out because you know what? I'm miserable. I I, I, I haven't told my spouse this, but this is a tough thing to talk about. And so we're going to try to tackle that today. How do you have these conversations that you know are awkward? It's going to be hard. It could come to an argument. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, it could. It could. You know, in an ideal world, it's like, no, we all talk this through like civilized adults. But it's like, <laughs> no, sometimes it could. But it's like, how do we get this out to try to minimize as much of that as possible? Right. So give them some examples of what we – when we're going to have a difficult um, sure. conversation. So, yeah. So one of the things we, we talk about in – again, those of you who listen to our podcast, you'll know that we always use like a phrase for something. And so when we talk about having a difficult conversation – we talk about one of two things. We say either this is going to be like a 200-meter deep-sea cave dive like in the dark, you know, meaning this is a hard deal. We're not even scuba divers. So how we came <laughs> up with this? Like, it's because I think we talked about like – Snorkeling. Of, yeah, people emotionally yeah. snorkel. They don't – they communicate superficially on the surface. They they live life superficially on the surface snorkeling. And so when we talk about something deeper, more meaningful, tougher, deep-sea cave dive – or we've also – the phrase that, that you've talked about, babe, we've learned from counseling is someone saying getting naked. Right. And, and it's not really getting naked. Really? It's figuratively. It's not. Sorry, oh babe. I know. We could <laughs> – I have been doing this wrong <laughs> this whole time. That has been awkward. But it's like I, – I think one of our counselors said one time about getting naked. He said, you know, imagine you come into a relationship and, and you're in this relationship and you want to have a conversation with somebody and that other person is not ready to have the conversation. And so he said, it would be like, if you think that you're going to have sex and all of a sudden you just get naked and the other person's like, Oh, I thought we were going on a walk or I thought we were going out to dinner. Like that's a little awkward. And all of a sudden it's like, we are obviously on way different wavelengths here. 
So we'll say, hey, we need to get naked on something, or we're going to do a, a 200-meter you know, cave dive in the dark on some subject. And so we both know that kind of sets the stage just to say, okay, got it. Let me take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Got it. And, and I think something Kevin really appreciates is if I do want to have a conversation that I ask him if he is available, if he's willing to, if he has time, and if he doesn't have time, when would be a good time? And then I try to give myself a time limit. So say, hey, babe, I need to have a 15-minute conversation with you. So then there's a starting point and an ending point. And so I think that's really important. Yeah, because I think is, is and again, I'm, I stereotype a lot, and I don't mean to, but just you know, being a guy or hearing guys talk, I think that sometimes we're hardwired for exits. And so, you know, if if you're a guy and you sit down and all of a sudden you hear a woman say, can we, can we talk? You're like, oh my <laughs> gosh. Like what we really heard was, well, just block out that three hours of your life and it's just going to be a waste or whatever. But for me, it works out. And if anyone is like this, it's nice to know there's a start and finish. And And I do this with the kids, actually. I say, Hey, can we talk? And they roll their eyes to like, oh my gosh, here's a dad lecture moment coming on. <laughs> and I say, look, give me eight minutes or five minutes. And I literally grab my phone and I put the timer on and I put it out so that we can all see it. And when the alarm goes off, I say, that's my eight minutes. Like I'm done. And you know, we, we can stop right there, but I've got a couple more concepts. Do you want to stop or do you want to continue? And almost 99.9% of the time they'll say, no, keep just finishing. You're good. And I'm just wrapping it up. Or if it's before then, and I finished in six minutes. I'm like, see, that wasn't even eight minutes. It was six minutes. And they're like, okay. So it increases the likelihood to go have another difficult conversation if we know it's not going to go on and on and on forever. So setting a time limit, I think, is good. Yeah. And I think it's really important. And also, when you're having the conversation, use I statements. Make sure you're talking about how you're feeling and how you're thinking instead of pointing to your spouse and saying, you did this, 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 and this. And really own what you're thinking and feeling um, because you're not going to get any traction if you're just going there to tell them everything they're doing wrong in your opinion. Yeah. So that's not really a conversation. That, that It's just like a lecture series. Yeah. And it's just like, let me pull up a chair and tell you all the things you've done wrong. One of the things that you said, which I think is also critically important in having difficult conversations is asking the person, hey, are you in a spot that we can talk? It would be disrespectful for me, I think, and I'm not really going to get anywhere if I come to you and you've had a really tough day, mm-hmm. you know, and all of a sudden I'm like, hey, let's go talk about something. You're like, great, bring it on. It's already been a crappy day. Like, might as well have it. I really am not going to get anywhere. But if you know to prepare, you might even say, um, What's it about? Uh, it's about the finances. It's about the kids. It's about sex. It's about something at work, whatever. You're just going to prepare yourself. And you might say, okay, let me get my mind around that. Um, give me a little time to debrief, like whatever, and just kind of decompress a little bit. And now I come to the table ready to have a conversation about that subject. So that helps a lot as opposed – no one likes to get blindsided it's like, right. well, sit down. Let me tell you a couple of things you're doing wrong, right. and this is going to go on for hours. So Yeah, and I, I definitely have been guilty of this, of just needing to get something out, and I just blurt it out and just maybe accuse or – anyways, I, I know I have, but I'm learning and sure. trying not to do those things. But I think being aware is the first step in making changes. So 
then as you're having the conversation, I think it's really important to really listen to what your spouse has to say and really hear and always have curiosity and compassion, especially if they're telling you something that is really hard to say, something that's happened or they've done or whatever. If you can just really be curious and try to sit with what they're saying and really take it in, it's going to go over so much better and you can actually have a conversation about it as opposed to pointing fingers, blaming, um, yeah, judging comes, them. Yeah, which kind of comes back by saying, are you ready to hear what I'm going to talk to you about or that we need to discuss or whatever? I'm probably not going to be listening and being empathetic and being engaged with you if I'm not there. We can go check the box and say, great, we had the conversation about finances or sex or whatever it is with kids or whatever. But no, if I'm not there, yeah. you're, you're going to get 50% of me. Right. And then you're going to be frustrated because you're like, well, you didn't listen to me, you know, whatever. So it's like, yeah. so asking, I think, helps set the stage to do what you just said, babe. Really listen. Mm -hmm. Really putting yourself in that person's situation to say, that must be hard. Like, yeah. whatever you're telling me, that, that's a hard deal. Or, oh, that's big. Didn't know that. That yeah. is like... You know, making eye contact, acknowledging that, it's critical. Right. And I think another conversation a lot of times that I've had, sometimes I just want to vent mm. to Kevin. No. <laughs> and what we've learned What woman is, has ever I done know. that to their husband ever? <laughs> and he's thinking there, oh, I can fix this. I'm going to be the superhero. I'm going to tell her all the things she's doing wrong and what she needs to do right. And Seriously, you think guys do that? I Come know. On. It sometimes happens. But anyways... So really, I think it's important as you're having a conversation to let your spouse know, do you want it to be fixed or you want him to just listen? And I'm not 100% perfect on this at all. And, and if our girls or kids were here, they would say, no, you definitely are not. <laughs> but one of the things I try to be cognizant of is now because of as I'm listening, and I'll even stop at the beginning. I just say, well, wait a minute. As I'm taking all this in, just so that I know, am I listening or fixing? I ask the question. And a lot of times you'll say, babe, I just need you to listen. Our girls will say, I just need you to listen, whatever. I'm like, okay, good. I, my mind literally changes. I go from changing to say, oh, let me fix it. Oh, that's a problem. Okay, I know how to solve that. This Now I literally just go and I can empathize. I can whatever. I can jump in the pool with you. I can do whatever it is that right. needs to be done. And I don't have. To, I can put away the toolbox of fixing. Right. And I think it's so important because sometimes we just need a sounding board. We need someone to hear us. And of course, your spouse is usually the person that you hopefully can tell anything and everything to. But when he starts fixing it or she starts fixing it, it's like, well, wait a second. I needed to just say these words out loud and have you feel my pain or, you know, feel what I'm feeling. And so I think that's something that, you know, we could all practice on. Yeah, I'm actually just having an epiphany. We this Gen 2.0, this reinvention of you, you were never fix it before. Now, like as a life coach, as oh, as know. doing our podcast, <laughs> you were jumping in like to fix stuff. And I'm like, babe, I just need you to listen. Like, listen I'm becoming you and you're becoming me. But it's like, I'm like, babe. That's I, so just, true. I know. It's like, don't, just don't fix it. I just want you to listen. Let me vent about work or something for just a second. And you're like, oh, okay. And I, I can see your mind kind of turn off that part of like the fix it mode. And so mm -hmm. that's funny. Yeah, that that's so true. Good observation, yeah. babe. And the other thing is I think sometimes when we're having a conversation, we start judging. We might start criticizing. They did it wrong. So these are the things like not to do. Yeah, we definitely. About not yeah, to definitely do. don't do these. You blame if you blame someone, well, 
this happened, I feel this way because of you. Anyways, you start blaming your spouse. So definitely don't do that because then what happens is your spouse gets defensive and you're never going to get a resolution or yeah, walls just build no one's going to want to communicate with you if you just sit there and judge them or criticize them. Sure. I'm building a wall ready to counterattack on the other side of that. So instead it's like – And that's when an argument happens usually. For sure. Or nothing happens and you walk away and you're both disgusted with one another for sure. And right. So yeah, no one likes to have that just pelted on them and beat on them and you just build the wall. Right. Another one I thought of that you definitely shouldn't do is – just when you're lecturing or arguing with someone, um, you're kind of like talking at them mm-hmm. in- instead of talking with them. And chances are the person's going to zone you out. It creates some sort of power struggle. Right. And I don't need you to be my parent. I need right. you to be my, my spouse, my lover, my connectivity. Yeah. yeah. And usually the person tunes you out. You don't get anything resolved. You're in a fight. You probably go silent or start yelling depending on your defense mechanism. Yeah, I I would say another thing that I used to do a lot, and hopefully I've gotten over this habit, but I would use – it's like I'm a a prosecuting attorney, and I was like building this case. Like in a tough conversation, I would have um, issues of, will you always do this? Yeah. You know, name a time you didn't do this. Yeah. And and I would look at things in absolutes Mm -hmm. of you always or you never – and instead, I've tried to back up to say, well, you know what? That's not true. No one always or never does anything. And so if I can look at it from that perspective, it it does change and it kind of softens the conversation. Even if it's something that maybe is done regularly and I really have an issue with it, I can still say, you know what, babe, my perception is – that's another that's another thing too. To right. I won't get into this, but like you could say, you know, my perception is I've noticed a lot of the times recently – this is happening versus, you know, you always just blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You're automatically defensive. And, yeah, you put up a yeah, wall. Yeah. You don't want to hear it. You don't Yeah, so try to hear a- anything. avoid yeah. – try to avoid using always and nevers. Yeah. And if you listen to me introducing myself in our very first podcast, you know that I have an issue with interrupting. And it's – You always interrupt. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> It isn't good. It's not healthy in having any sort of conversation, let alone a really deep conversation. And I just had a flashback of Kevin. Um, We were basically, I think he was deciding if we could stay married or not. We were, I remember we were in our den. You had a whole list and our walls were down. We were in a really deep conversation and I wrote on a notebook, I grabbed a notebook and I thought, I can't mess this up and I cannot interrupt Kevin or he will probably walk out that door and I'll never see him again. And that was just probably not really true. But I knew how important me not interrupting Kevin in a very deep, vulnerable conversation. And so I wrote on this pad of paper, do not interrupt him. And I took notes. I wrote down everything he had to say And then when he was ready to stop talking, I would say, can I say something? And then from my notes, I was able to say what I wanted to say because I think why I interrupt is I think, oh, I'll forget what I want to say. I have a good point or whatever. So um, if you have the same problem as me, I think that's a great way to um, stop doing that is getting a pad of paper, writing yourself a note 
And if if you have a different another problem with criticizing or whatever, another issue that we said, you know, write a note to yourself. Don't do this. So you can be focused on not doing that particular thing. Do you remember I, that conversation? I, I totally do. As you're saying this, I'm just looking at you. I'm like, I totally remember that. And I think I was so bugged because I saw you writing all these things down. And I was like, what are you writing over there? <laughs> I thought you were writing like your counterattacks to me and like, oh, that's not true and like whatever. And when I read the words on the paper, just real big, do not interrupt, like underline exclamation mark, I actually was like, wow, she's she's getting me. Like she gets that and she's trying to change. And it was, yeah, that was a beautiful deal. Yeah, because I think interrupting it, you know, it stops the conversation. It's very disrespectful. So, you know, I mean, there's lots of things not to do. And we probably all do them at one time or sure. another. But it's practicing. And the more difficult conversations or the more conversations you have, the better you're going to get at it. And instead of, um, you know, even you could say, hey, babe, how did I do? How how was it? You could even yeah, get, get feedback. feedback. So, yeah, so let's maybe kind of go into, we kind of went some things that were the, the do nots. Any other do nots that we've kind of discovered? Believe me, we've done them all. Like I do a lot of I'm them all the time. I'm sure there are, but. And I would say probably yeah. don't, like, try not to raise your voice. I'm a terrible voice raiser because yeah. I get passionate and I, I feel like it's I'm not being heard. And so right. I raise my voice even more. And it's like if you've ever, if you've ever like, spoken to somebody, like, in from a different language and they don't understand you, what do you do? Somehow we slow down and just, like, <laughs> yell. Yeah. You know, like, that's going to make them understand. Like, do, you know, do, yeah. And really, it, it the person just honestly tunes you out. Like, I've tuned you, you out many times. For sure. What? Yeah. Is, this a, is this a confession here right now? No, yeah. I know. And I probably deserve to be tuned out. You're absolutely right. So I, I would say let's do a, a switch now to the things you should do um, with that. And and I think something that um, Stephen R. Covey mm-hmm. talked about in, in uh, relation – well, not even relationship, just communication in general is first seek to understand, then seek to be understood. Mm-hmm. And I'll repeat that. First seek to understand – then seek to be understood. And if you think about it, it's it's easy to see. I think this is an example that he used in, in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, is to say, look, parents will say all the time to them, I don't understand my teenager. They never listen to me. Well, to understand somebody, you have to listen to them. And you know, people say all the time, well, the Lord's given you two ears and one mouth, so you can listen twice as much as you talk. I must have like seven mouths and like one <laughs> ear like in the middle of my forehead. But I would say um, that's a big deal, and I've tried to do that. Is and I just literally ask the question. So, like, babe, can we have a conversation? I'm like, sure. I'm I'm mad about whatever. Blah blah blah. I can immediately go into defense mode, or I can just stop and say, you know, help me understand where you're coming from. Help, mm-hmm. and I use like, help me, help me understand, help me know this, help me get why that is, and I'm and I'm just listening, and by doing so. Right. I'm hoping then that your wall comes down because you've gotten out everything that you want to. Now you can go listen and say, okay, I understand what you're saying about that. This is what I hear you say. This is what mm-hmm. I feel from you with that. Is that right? Yes. You, mm-hmm. So you feel like, okay, I'm understood. Yeah. You hear me. You, you hear me. me. You see me. Yeah. yeah and those are things. Yeah. That, it's really important. And I think that's where curiosity comes in and you know, that's so, I'm curious, why did you think that? Or why did you do that? And compassion, I love the word compassion. And I think if you can find compassion in your marriage, 
your marriage is going to go a lot smoother because we all make mistakes and we think they did that because they wanted to hurt me. But honestly, they weren't even thinking about you. Yeah. And that's you have not a whole other set of problems. It's like, you know, I woke up today thinking, yeah. how can I hurt my – that's a different set of problems that's way beyond this podcast. Yeah. But in usually we don't do things on purpose to hurt our spouse or the people we love, but sometimes we do. And so if we can have compassion and be curious, like, what were you thinking? And try to understand from their point of view, then I think we can be able to get a lot deeper and have a lot better of communication. I mean, to your point, babe, I think you bring up a great point, and this, this can probably take us you know, right home, is if I'm coming to truly be curious and not have an agenda— and I'm really trying to understand your heart and where you're coming from with this. Whatever the tough subject is, I'm going to maybe continue to ask some questions and process that. And, you know, if, if you came to me and said, I'm having a hard time with this, or I'm angry about this, or the kids are driving me crazy, or, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time with you spending so much time at work, or, you know what, I feel like that you're you're gaining some weight, Kevin. Like, you need to drop some LBs. Like, I hate to say <laughs> it, but that is a real deal is to say, I want to be physically attracted to you, and it's important for me. You know, I can get defensive on that, or I can say, you know what, babe, um, help me understand that. Like, it, so when you say, like, I'm, I've gained some weight, is it, you know, do I need to work out more? Do you think, is it my diet? Um, why is that important to you? Is it because, you know, is, is it, is that what's driving our sex life? Is it? Is it because you're afraid I'm not going to fit in my clothes? Like, what is that? And then we can start talking about that. Is say, oh, great, you've you've just bought all these clothes for me, and you're afraid that I'm going to not fit in them anymore, or you're worried about my health. Mm-hmm. There, there's a couple that literally um, that that were very overweight, and she really got on her husband to say, you know, your weight bothers me, and he thought it was like a sexual thing or she didn't, you know, wasn't attracted to him. She's like, no, I'm worried that you're not going to be here for our grandkids. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that you're going to live a long life. And so we need to do something about this. So I think asking the why, being curious, and then being willing to hear what comes out of that. Yeah. yeah. Why is pornography an issue for you? Help me understand that. Are you not attracted to me? Was it something from your childhood? Right. What, what's the deal? You know, yeah. so that's how you can have some hard conversations. The thing is to be curious. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's not like you have these hard conversations every day, but they're going to come up if you've been married. We've been married 25 years. We've had lots of hard conversations. And the ones that we stay curious, stay compassionate, go a lot better than the ones we blame each other, we get defensive, we yell. Those don't get any traction whatsoever. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. I totally so agree. practice and maybe practice with some easier things before you go to the deep dive like we yeah, have. Yeah, no one starts off like snorkeling all of a sudden saying, right. you know what, let's just take this thing off and we're hitting the bottom and you don't know how to. Yeah, or maybe you know. leave some of your clothes on in the conversation. And uh, well, and, and to your point, babe, is to say, you know, you come and say, hey, is this a good time to talk? Can we talk about this? Subject? Can you give me 10 yeah. minutes of your time or, or a half hour? This is a big deal. And and like, yes, 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 the time's right. And we have this conversation. Maybe you start off, like you said, smaller subjects and you test the water. Because what happens is we, we use this analogy yeah. with the turtle. Mm-hmm. Is if you come at somebody and they're not ready to have the conversation or you start to attack or you whatever, it is like the turtle coming out of the shell all of a sudden. And you made that sudden movement towards them or they jump. 
the turtle goes right back in the shell and that turtle does not come out for a long time. It just yeah. sits there. Yeah, it's like a you, you have to kind of build trust with having conversations. Yep. And how is that person going to react and what are they going to say and how are they going to do? So I think, you know, it, it's something really important to your marriage, to your relationship, to your kids um, in your life if you can get good at having difficult conversations. And, you know, you don't have to be perfect at it. Sometimes no. it's just jumping in. I literally have had conversations with kids that say, you know, guys, I, I don't have a lesson manual as being a parent, and I'm trying the best that I can, but I can see something's wrong here, and I just want to know. Help me understand. Help me understand where you're coming from with this or that, because I genuinely want to know, and and they can talk and right. throw up and they're going to they're going to be able to feel that from you, right? And and then say, look, am I listening or fixing or whatever it is? Yeah. But you know, you can apply this in you know multiple ways. And I just, you know, hopefully that you can have hard conversations because if you don't have the hard conversations, what happens, babe? Yeah, well, you don't, you stop talking and you, it can go sideways. It, I always feel like if you're not talking and you're keeping things buried, you just suppress them, suppress them and suppress them. And they come out sideways. They blow up your world. Um, your whole life can come And what happens is down. you find someone to have the hard conversation yeah. with. Yeah. It could be someone of the opposite sex. Girls have girl talk about their husbands. It's terrible. The guys yeah. talk about their wives. Whatever you find another girlfriend at work or a guy at work, and you start to talk right. about that. So you have those. So instead, it's like no, go have the hard conversations. Turn inward, not outward. Turn inward and start to have hard conversations with people, and you know, hopefully it'll be a better deal for you, friends. One of the greatest compliments you can pay us is to introduce your friends and family to our podcast, so that we can all grow and learn together. So thanks so much for listening today to the Relationship 411 podcast. Please like and share. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And remember, we promise to give you the 411 about relationships. So you don't have to call 911 for yours. <laughs>